Alex, hey, welcome, my I friend. I love the song. I love the song that you started the interview with. You recognize Crazy. it. <laughs> <laughs> who wrote this? I I think it's somebody who is wearing a pur purple shirt <laughs> right in, now. <laughs> right now in this podcast. Okay, welcome to the Marvel Talks. Let us welcome Hi, our viewers. Me. It's a pleasure. Let welcome us welcome our, our viewers as well. Uh, we have, uh, as, as my guest, I'm very, very happy to have Alex Economo uh, with us on this new Marvel Talks episode. Um, what can I say about uh, Alex? Let me say that Alex is a Cyprus-born singer slash songwriter slash performer. He is a Berkeley College of Music graduate who went on to win the Voice Department Achievement Award, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, mm -hmm. along with a scholarship from uh, Berkeley. His yeah. first single called Brighter Day was released as a number one song in the Cyprus charts. Is it correct? It is correct. It was and back then, in the day when, when people were actually buying songs. <laughs> Re real songs. <laughs> and uh, the song also gave, uh, gave Alex a nomination for the Hollywood Music and Media Awards for the best pop yep. song, 2012, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. right? Alex uh, worked with some of the biggest names in, in music in the US and in Greece. And he was also a finalist on the popular talent show, uh, The Voice. The I Voice. think the first voice in, in Greece, Greece, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. he, also, he also played the role of uh, Augustine, uh, I think it's Macalti. Agustin Magal. Agustin, Agustin Magal. In the Evita uh, <laughs> musical. And you also cooperated with George Theophanus and you played in Terata, 40, that was yeah. in, in Greece. That's quite a, 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 a diverse uh, portfolio. <laughs> Did I miss anything out, Alex? Uh, in, um, I, and I think you missed the, the only one award that I, I won um, in 2013, the, the Best Jazz Artist of the Year uh, okay. from the Artists in Music Awards. I was in Los Angeles. That was that was something you missed. <laughs> that that wasn't one to me. That's a a really <laughs> honorable award. So congrats for that as well, Alex. Thank you so much. Let me start by asking you so that I know how was the lockdown experience for you during the COVID? How did you experience the the whole situation, the madness? Um, it was madness, actually. It was, I don't know how other people reacted to it. I, at some points, I was very happy doing it. And at, at, at some points and some other points, I was very, you know, I was, it was unpleasant. Uh, you know how it is. It's, it's, it, it doesn't feel very nice being in a lockdown, not being allowed to, walk outside of the house, you have to send a message to the government to, to be, hey, Dali, that's my dog. Hi, Dali. <laughs> at, at least I had, I, at least I had Dali. Dali is my dog, it is, he's amazing. He kept me company during those days. Um, 
But it's uh, going back to the conversation. It was uh, a time that I actually it, it actually helped me to um, sit down, relax, get out of of the of all the craziness of of uh, you know ev the everyday life, and uh, having the time to think about what do I want to do next? What's the next uh, project? <laughs> What do we do now? Uh, what if the lockdown never uh, stops until, you know, you don't know when? Um, uh, so it gave me a lot of time to think. It gave me a lot of time to uh, to do things at my house, <laughs> which I actually enjoy very much doing. And uh, I think it made me um, relax and realize that life doesn't have to be so fast paced and so um you know such a routine every day and every day the same thing we can take our time and do our things and enjoy our lives because that's the only life we get to live are you mostly an introvert or an extrovert where would you hmm. place yourself De depends on the time period of my life <laughs> um during this period, I'm, I'm an introvert person. I, I, I like staying at home. I like cooking. I like playing music. I like writing music. I like spending time, you know, with my dog, with my friends. I, I, I don't really like going out a lot this time of my life. You know, it, it changes every now and then. Since you mentioned writing music, that was my next question. I, I've, I've seen that you became creative with your friends during the <laughs> lockdown and you, and you wrote a really a fun and fresh and sort of lockdown inspired <laughs> song. Am, am, am I correct? Yeah. <laughs> um, truth is, I didn't write that song. Angelos Lambropoulos was the one who ah, wrote it. Okay. Yeah. He's a very so talented you... friend of mine. Um, mm -hmm. It's the first time we worked together. Yeah. Um, and uh, oh, it's playing in the background. Let, let's let, let's hear it. Okay. So Angelos Lambropoulos wrote it, right? Angelos Lambropoulos wrote it, and uh, I, I just sang it. So I, I didn't have to do a lot of things. Um, and these are all these are all lockdown 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 shots from the very lockdown shots, all of it. <laughs> thank God I have thank God I have amazing friends and uh, they were all very helpful and they they really had fun with with the whole situation. I I really wanted to give a, a very nice and hopeful message outside in the, to the world mm -hmm. that even though we are locked in the ha in our houses and we're not allowed to do a lot of stuff and some people probably they're not enjoying staying at home i wanted to show that whatever that is going on mm -hmm. we still need to have fun we still need to enjoy the time we spend home we still need to um, sing we still need to dance we still need to be happy and i think I think the message was given through the video because my friends did a really good job. <laughs> Absolutely. So it was a, it's a fantastic song and cooperation. And it's, Thank you so much. It certainly compensates over the madness, the positivity element of it compensates uh, exactly. over the madness. That, that was the goal. So it, it was a success, successful endeavor. <laughs> Let's Thank go a bit, a, bit, a, bit, a, a bit back 
in your earlier days, what was it that inspired you or put the planted the seed, the music seed in you when you were young? I mean, at what point in time did you think, I love this, I want to become a, a musician or a singer, or I want to devote my life to music? What was the pivot? Do you have any, any recollections of who was the role model or what was the moment in time that you felt the magic? See, it was, it was a bit, I don't know, um, for me, I didn't have anyone in the, in the family mm. that was music related at all. Like nobody even sang a, a note uh, or played any instruments or anything. Um, I was, I, I really don't know how it happened. I was very drawn to listening to music, singing. Uh, you know, I was, I, it was back in the day when we actually bought albums, you know, the whole mm. albums that we used to buy. And, and my parents actually are, are big fans of music in general. Mm. They listen to music a lot. They never sang or anything though. Um, so I had a lot of, um, you know, uh, influences through different uh, singers and different kinds of music. Cause my dad was listening to Greek folk music. My mm. mother was, was listening to, uh, you know, the British pop sound, uh, Beatles, ABBA, Queen. And uh, my brother also was a, a big inspiration cause he, he introduced me the um, more rock, uh, rock, even metal music. I, you know, I had all these different influences all over the years. And um, I'm very happy about it because it, it actually created what I am today as a musician, you know, all these different influences that I had through listening music from a very, very young age. It's, it's incredible how uh, every one of, of us develops and evolves and absorbs everything to become who they are today. I mean, I fully, re I fully resonate with you because uh, this is exactly how I also developed my style, if you may, or my, my, the music that I like to write and to play and to listen is an, an amalgamation of uh, my interactions with my friends, with my parents, with my experience at, at school, and it's, it's incredible. And, 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 mm -hmm. and it may, you know, it's not, it's not like, it's not a choice. It's, it's more, it's more of a, an evolution process. Exactly, it is an evolution. It is. And I think, and I think, in Berkeley, because I know quite a, a few incredibly successful singers, performers, producers coming out of Berkeley. Um, and how was the experience? Let me start from that. At studying at Berkeley, what was the experience like for you coming from Cyprus? And uh, it's hmm, Berkeley is, is a whole story. It's it's um, I, I love I love Berkeley. I love what I've become after Berkeley and I love what I, I did um, and what I learned from it. Um, it is very difficult though. Coming from Cyprus, you know, also it was back in 2007. Um, 
music, even even though it's not a lot of years ago, <laughs> I want to believe. <laughs> uh, Cyprus back then was was not so evolved uh, in the music, um, you know, in the music, uh, not industry, in the music, you know, department. Mm. Uh, so you didn't have a lot of choices of learning and and opening up to the whole world because you go there you go to berkeley and you and you meet people that have been working from five year old five years old to go to berkeley and they and they were reading about it learning about it and and being exposed to all these different kinds of uh, music and different kinds of uh, genres, genres, playing music and performing mm -hmm. exactly. So, going there from from a small island like Cyprus and uh, being, uh, you know, uh, watching, you know, the first I remember the first week, the orientation mm -hmm. week. They do, you know, they do the orientation week and they actually show off, <laughs> um, you know, how good they are and and they're having concerts and uh, having their best singers singing on stage and having their best musicians playing on stage and, and showing you how good of a school it is. And, and it's good that they do that because some people get scared of it. Some people are getting, you know, um, fired up, better, they fired yeah. up and they want to become these guys and be better than mm. them and, and, you know, evolve. So I was the guy that actually saw these people on stage and, and I was like, what am I doing here? Well, <laughs> you felt intimidated. I, you felt intimidated. I felt really intimidated. And I said to myself that moment, I remember saying to myself, either you're going home today or the next time they're bringing students here to show off, you're going to be on stage singing. So that's what I did. <laughs> so you had, I mean, the how difficult was it? How, how difficult were the classes in passing the, through the various grades and, and graduating from Berkeley? Was it a lot of hard work? What, what was mm -hmm. the ingredients of making it? Socializing, meeting people, uh, playing in bands, how did you mm -hmm. mature into a graduate? Lo a lot of people, a lot of people ask me this question about because I have, I also have a lot of students that want to go. You know, they have mm -hmm. a dream to go to Berkeley, and uh, they're asking me a lot of these kind of questions. Um, Berkeley is not a very hard school when it comes to you know studying your um, homework. Um, it's it's a it's a university that you go there, you learn music you do a full degree so if you mm. want to study you're gonna be a good student <laughs> it, it's it's simple as that um it's not rocket science it's not rocket science well, it's okay. music and and if you like what you do and if you had a small you know if, if you had a, a background of studying music in the past you know doing harmony and uh, you know all these different things that we have to do to go to the university it's not that hard. The, um, the hard part of going to Berkeley is letting yourself go and letting yourself um, uh, become one with all these um, uh, different qualities of people and music and the diversity that is mm. Berkeley. Um, I, I can tell you that 
I've learned a lot from my teachers, of course, because they're phenomenal teachers there. But I've learned a lot from from my students, from from my colleagues, from my how do you call them? Peer, peers. From my peers. Colleagues, yeah. Um, because you, you know, what I said before, there are people that have been learning, have been studying to go to Berkeley from five five years old, and there are all these different people from from all around the world, from mm. from everywhere different genres of music, different kinds of music, different ways of singing, a lot of amazing influences. Berkeley was it hard? Is the best. Sorry? Yeah, is the best. Please go on. Berkeley is the best. Berkeley is the best influence that I had in my life. I, I have no influence. doubt. I have no doubt. I mean, okay, we will come to that later on about your, your trace and your performance and how you create and how you write songs and how you perform. Let me take a small step back. How difficult is it to get into Berkeley? Is, hmm. is, is, the, is the bar very high to get into Berkeley? It is. Um, I think the difficulty of Berkeley is, is getting in the school. Hmm. Uh, because the, the audition uh, counts a lot. It's it, like, even if you have the, the 10,000 degrees, that can prove you that you're a good musician and you can go to Berkeley. If you go to the audition and you're not what they're looking for, you're not getting in. It's, yeah. Um, and I like how it works because anyway, it, it, Berkeley is a small school. It only has, in my, during my years there, we were 4,000 students from all over the world. The whole school were, were, was 4,000 students. Um, so they have to be picky anyway. Um, having that in mind, uh, getting in is very hard, but I like the way that they do auditions and that they mm. operate the school because they do it like it's the real business, music business. You know, when you... When I left Berkeley, I realized that because I had no idea what music business is. I had no idea what music industry mm. was because before going to Berkeley, before actually graduating actually Berkeley. Um, so after that, I realized that everything in Berkeley was working as it is in the real world. And that's a very good um, way of working there, a very good way of studying there because it prepares you for reality. Something I, I don't think a lot of universities do. Mm. I'm not sure though. I, I, I'm just saying what I think. What do you Assume. miss more? What do you miss most uh, from the from, from the U.S., Los Angeles, New York? Can you cherry pick a couple of things that you miss mostly about not being there? Um, I miss everything about not being there. <laughs> um, I miss everything about all the countries that I visited or all the countries that I lived. Um, because I, I, I really get connected to places as I do to people. And, uh, I really miss my friends. I really miss the times I had there. It was also, it was, I was 19 when I went there and mm. I left, I left when I was 25. So it was the years that you actually become, uh, uh, an, you know, a, an actual human being, because before that you're a stupid young kid and then you know 
So yeah. it's the it's, it's time that you become a man. And I, I was happy that I lived it there because with all the difficulties and all the um, easy parts of living in the U.S. as well, I, I really enjoyed my time there I need, and I really loved it there. There's nothing that I would pick and say this I miss I miss more. Hmm. I miss everything. Would you would you say that the 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 voice chapter was it like the the reason you were or the excuse you were looking for to leave from the United States ecosystem? It's funny. <laughs> It's funny. Can you share the story? <laughs> Can you share the story? Uh, I can. I shared it a lot, actually. The, the past six years, that's the story I'm sharing <laughs> on every interview. Um, uh, it, it's really funny because I, I never actually thought of moving to Greece. Never. It was never in my mind. And uh, at that time, I never thought of moving out of the U.S. either. Um, so I had, it was some, uh, I, don't, I don't remember when it was exactly. Um, I really don't remember when it was exactly. Probably September in 2014. And um, must be, yeah. must a friend be. of mine, which is a famous singer right now in Greece. I don't know if I can say her name. Uh, she came to visit me in New York. She stayed at my place and she said, dude, uh, the voice is happening in Greece and you need to go. You need to go. And I'm like, it was, I, was, um, I was in New York for six or seven months back then. And it was a time that, you know, New York is a very difficult city, a very, very difficult city, but it's also an amazing city. Um, so it was a time that I actually uh, could, you know, I actually was booking gigs in New York. I, mm. I was doing uh, my live shows. I, I had my uh, guitar player. We were preparing things. I was very happy in New York and I really didn't want to leave. So I was like, no, I don't want to go. It's okay. Let them do it. <laughs> and uh, she forced me, actually, she forced me <laughs> to do the, to fill up the form, you know, online. And uh, we did it. I wasn't expecting anything. I, I, I don't know why. You send a video and uh, you, you fill up the form. Mm -hmm. And in like two hours, they call me. And it was the producer of the show. And he was like, um, you're coming to Greece this Friday. And it was, it was Sunday. And uh, like, what do you mean? <laughs> and he's like, um, I heard your audition and um, we don't have people from America uh, coming to the show. And we really want you to come. And uh, you're coming to audition on Friday for, you know, there's a, a pre-audition for the, so I was going for the pre-audition. So I did, and I went, I went, I remember going to Greece for a day. Mm -hmm. uh, it was, I, I, I can't even explain how this can happen because it's, it's a 15 hour flight to go to, to Greece and then a 15 hour flight to go back. So I was actually flying for two days and, and staying for a day in, in Athens. It was really tiring. Uh, I did the audition and left. And uh, I continued my regular life in New York. Um, I never thought about the audition. I never remembered that I actually did the audition. 
It was, you know, it was, was something. That was before the, the, the chair thing. It was before the, the chair thing, before, the producer's yeah. edition. Yeah. The yeah, yeah, edition. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, I forgot about it totally. I was working, I was doing my thing there. I was very happy. And in three months time, they called me back and they were like, um, you passed the pre-audition and uh, you're going for the blind audition and you're coming to Greece this Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> and it was Friday, you know. Again, this today. is how. Okay, all right. <laughs> this is how it works in Greece. Um, so I went, and I actually left everything in New York, and I said to my roommate because she, my roommate, owned the place, so I didn't have to actually move anything. It was inside. Um, I left everything there, and I told her, "I'm coming back whenever I'm. I'm all. I'm. You know, I'm out of the show." Uh, I went on the show, I went to the finals, and I, I left the show and I started working immediately in Greece. You know, I had the, um, the universal uh, contract, I had mm -hmm. all the things that come with it, with the show. So I, I couldn't leave and I actually didn't want to leave because I liked working, I liked being, you know, a bit famous. I, you know, it was, it was a, you know, the situation. So I stayed in Greece for the next six years and <laughs> I just received my luggage, my, my bags from New York. Like um, right now? Two months ago. Two months <laughs> wow. ago. Wow. So you never I went back. I told my roommate to send yeah. them. You never went back. I never went back. Never yeah. went back. Mm. I, I only went back for the first time this last Christmas, um, which was the first time after six years. New York. New York. New York. Was it New yeah. York? Mm -hmm. how, how was it a good experience a good uh, sort of connecting with the past it was it was it, it really was good but it was also you know bad because you it, it was like not a day has passed it was like everything was the same i was because mm -hmm. i i went there for 15 days so it was a bit much mm -hmm. for vacation so i i had the time to live new york and and to actually believe that i still am there and i'm still living there uh it's a it's a bit you know bittersweet but it was it was really nice i really like you know seeing my friends that i hadn't seen for a while and and walking on the streets that i hadn't walked in a while so i'm very glad i did it and i i was actually hoping after that trip i was hoping that i would go every now and then mm. but now i i really don't know why when this now and then is going to happen. Um, coming back to the voice, uh, Alex, I would, mm -hmm. what would you, would you, I mean, I don't know whether your students ask this question. Is it something that you recommend or you think it's a good thing for young artists to pursue? Are there any pitfalls, any dangers, any risks that, I don't know, maybe you, you will become, maybe, maybe there are, negatives that are not evident in participating, let alone winning or becoming a finalist within such a talent show. How, how, how do you approach that subject? So starting with that, whenever a student comes to me and tells me, I want to start uh, uh, working with you because I want to go to The Voice or to whatever else talent show there is now on TV, I tell them I'm not your teacher <laughs> uh, because um, 
I want people, I want my students to to care about becoming good singers mm. first and then caring about becoming famous because this talent show, reality TV thing is, is always giving us the um, idea that I'm going to be on TV, I'm going to be famous, uh, I'm going to have all these people following me and all these people taking pictures. You know, it's all these things that sometimes they can actually make us, you know, feel, wow, that, that, that would be amazing. But on the other hand, if you are not, uh, uh, you know, um, if you don't have a goal for music and if your goal, goal is becoming famous, mm. I don't support this. Uh, I support music first. Um, uh, so having that in mind, uh, mm. That's I, yeah, I have students that want to go to The Voice, but this came afterwards, you know, we have been working for a couple of years now, and now they want to do this as a, as a you know, the pivot point of becoming, of, of booking better gigs and then, you know, being able to be more known to other people. Um, this I can support. Mm. Uh, so, the, um, the advice I give to these people, to my students that, that want to go to talent shows, is that anyone can do this. Anyone can go on a talent show. Just um, keep your attitude, keep your uh, identity as a musician, as a vocalist, as a singer. And, um, you know, television is, is something that can change things and can change, change people because it's, it's something that you go on and, and there are rules, rules that you have to follow. Uh, this, some people don't know this. Um, it's not a bad thing. It's just there that are, you have to, sorry. There are, ru yeah. sorry, there are rules while you're in the game or after you yeah. leave, the, leave the game. It's, what do you it's mean? It's a there TV are... show. It's a TV show. Yeah. So yeah. The, the producers, of course, want to make money out of it. It's not some, it's not that they care how famous I will become. They care mm. of how famous the show will become. And that's, that's a good thing for them. It's, I'm not saying it as a, um, as a bad thing. Um, whoever makes uh, a project wants that project to succeed. Um, uh, but being a, a, a singer that has the dream to become famous and sing on big stages and sing with big names and stuff, it makes you forget about the project and it makes you forget about how you have to follow the rules and how you have to you know, be on, on, on television and do, uh, and mm, I don't want to say a lot of things that can sound weird. It's not weird. It's not something scary and it's not something difficult. It's just that you have to be yourself. You have to follow what your heart tells you, sing your heart out, be the best you can be and let everything work for you. Don't care about becoming famous, care about showing who you are and show, showing your music, showing who you want to be. That's clear. Last question. Uh, is the, the voice process of elimination, let's say, do you, do you feel that it's a meritocratic and it's a process that actually promotes the better talents? 
compared See, to let's um, say X Factor, which is X Factor, maybe it's a different animal and yeah. different model. Or there are other um, parameters in play there as to who proceeds, who doesn't proceed. It's a big chapter this week. I, I really don't know what happens on X Factor because I've never been there, but I, I can tell you about the voice. I think that the process was very fair of, mm -hmm. you know, people moving forward because mm -hmm. it was um, people's choice. It wasn't the judge's choice. So whoever the people liked, and of course the, the, um, the singer that the people like is the singer that is gonna succeed afterwards, I guess. <laughs> um, Supposedly. So, Supposedly. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, I think it's it's uh, it's uh, the voice worked very um, uh, how do you say it fair uh, mm -hmm. towards the singers because the people choose chose who they wanted to move forward. And what about you, Alex? What about you when you have a student who, let's say, her or his voice may not be something special, right? How do you handle this situation? Can a, a non-talented student be developed into a diamond? How do you approach? How do you approach the coaching situation in your your, your, uh, your pupils when they come to you in the assessment? Or I really believe in in, in people in general, and um, I really believe that nobody. Um, no, actually, I, I really believe that everybody can sing and everybody can be a good singer. Uh, it really depends on... I, my theory is that if, if your ears work well, you can be a good musician. If your ears don't work well, you can train them to work well and then you can be a good musician. So everybody can be a good musician and a good vocalist. Uh, I have had people uh, coming here with no talent as they as we call them uh, and that they they're becoming better and better by the time and they're working it depends on how much uh somebody wants it and how much they they are um uh they want to work for it and how much they are uh willing to give for it so i believe that anybody who works hard can get very very good uh uh, things back. What are the ingredients of a good vocalist? Good voice? What else? Good hard vocalist. Uh, hard work, first of all. A good voice, of course, and uh, emotion. Uh, and emotion, I mean um, being able to let their selves go on stage, being able to show uh, their whole existence and their whole, you know, uh, soul to the world. Um, no holding back. No holding back. No holding back at all. Being vulnerable on stage is the ingredient for a best, the best performer. Uh, that's what I tell to my students. You have to, to not care about anything and anyone. Uh, nobody wants you to fail. Nobody wants you to fail. Uh, everybody wants to see you succeed. If you're on stage and they're coming to see you, then they, they really want to see you succeed. So succeed on stage. Be on stage and that's give them everything. 
that's the most amazing thing because you know the, like singers like vocalists like instrumentalists or even somebody who is a public speaker when you go on stage sometimes you feel like you are in in competition with the audience like exactly. they and you're intimidated sometimes from them yeah. but if you manage to to have that uh, click in your mindset and realize that people are there for you that's exactly. a magical thing that you can experience it's just a, a, it's the trigger exactly. the trigger when did you exactly. have that trigger, alex when did you have that when did you have that realization you know what i i was lucky enough because uh when i was a kid uh, uh, 15 years old i had this band um i was actually invited by a friend of mine nikos balyakos who wrote a song back then um eleni uh it's it's a song that will remember my life he wrote it and he invited me to sing it with him um so we did that and the song got viral through you know mobile phones in the schools and everywhere in cyprus everybody knew that song and uh we created a band together and we sang in you know small places in in pafos and here around here rimasol and um for some weird reason i was very loose on stage i i was able to connect with the people and i was able to speak with them and 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 enjoy being on stage and and that's um, i think that this has helped me a lot because i never stopped enjoying being on stage and i think that when you stop enjoying being on stage you're not a good performer you're not mm. if i i really believe that whatever you feel on stage everybody from the audience can feel it too so if you're enjoying it they will enjoy it if you're not if you're bored they will get bored if you're not enjoying it they will not which also gives me a pass to ask about the bread and butter of a musician let's say in cyprus today how does somebody who wants to make it who wants to make people listen to his or her music who wants to succeed in the entertainment industry survive and thrive in the small economy in the small industry of Cyprus is it possible at all what kind of compromises so, as, you need to do too many questions as i think you know uh Cyprus doesn't have a, a a big music industry or even doesn't have a music industry at all so um unfortunately for somebody for for a musician to make it uh he has to he thinks that he has to leave the country and go probably to Greece or anywhere else in the world um it's to make it in Cyprus i think you just have to work hard and and have a band and perform mm. live shows live shows are everything in cyprus and there are a lot of live shows and there are a lot of live singers that are amazing in cyprus for some weird reasons <laughs> uh people in cyprus sing really well <laughs> uh so i i really think the the way to to make it and thrive and and become somebody uh in cyprus is to perform live a lot of live shows um I really want to change this though. I I really want to make Cyprus a place uh with music industry. And when I say I I mean 
we the, as musicians, the musicians of Cyprus should work on creating something in Cyprus that could help actually musicians. Because we really have very good, um, how do you call it? Um, we have very good First musicians all, that can yeah. actually become something. You, you, there are great musicians, but even if you take Cyprus as a, as a, as, as a geographical location, it can become a, a hub for perhaps bands exactly. coming here to record albums. I don't from know, Israel, you know, from Greece, from everywhere. It can be an mm -hmm. incredible location to bring people from all around the world to get creative, record really albums, believe that. do live gigs, do festivals. Uh, maybe that's... Yeah. yeah. That's a Festival would be a great idea. Actually, I, I have so many thoughts that I really want to to make reality, but uh, you know, it takes time, it takes money, it takes um, work. So I hope someday I will be able to uh, say that I've helped on creating something in, in, in the music industry in Cyprus. That's certainly a, a really noble mission and an inspiring mission. <laughs> and it's something that can keep you motivated in the longer term as well. Uh, Alex, let me ask you uh, something else about the music industry. Sorry, give me one second. Give me one second. I'm coming back. So you also worked in Greece in some really high-profile uh, musicals. You worked with George Theophanos. Uh, aside of the life, which is a must for today, for a band, for a singer, what would you say, I mean, in, in terms of the music creation and production, what is the secret? Because there are some incredibly talented people who write some great songs. And I mean, even I mean, you are a great songwriter. Um, some of your songs you. are incredible, and um, this is not a compliment. I mean, thank you so much. You can talk about it, but as I'm sure you know very well, I mean, writing an incredible song and producing a great album, I think it's not enough by itself. Uh, yeah. I think. The quality of the of the song and the album, the music needs something else to be pushed to the stratosphere. Who are the gatekeepers today, Alex, in the music industry? Is it the record labels? I think those are who wicked. knows. <laughs> no one knows. Is it the DJs on the uh, radio stations? Do you do you have any um, idea who are, the, who are the gatekeepers? That is a very long conversation <laughs> for another um, podcast. <laughs> yeah, um, definitely. Uh, it's not the music labels that are keep mm. that are holding the the um, how do you call them? <laughs> exactly. Um, it's it was it was there was a time that the record labels could actually invest on an artist and and make him a superstar and and create uh, you know what we see today. Uh, you know, like all the big superstars in Greece that are now superstars. Uh, and we can see that now there are no actual superstars in Greece. Everybody can make music. Everybody is making music. But no one is actually so big as, you know, we've learned in the past. Uh, like, you know, if we mention some names like Dalaras, like uh, even... You know, Anna Vici, there, there's, there's no uh, super such names. A, not super names anymore. 
I think it's because there's a, a rivalry between, you know, the different departments in the music industry in, in Greece. And I, I, I think it's all around the world right now. Um, they probably could be, you know, uh, a money issue, probably could be, uh, uh, you know, who gets to, to be, you know, credited for the success. I, I really don't know how it is and how it works. I want to believe that success comes to people with talent and uh, and I want to believe that it really does come to people with talent. I think that's the with right no mindset. Other help. I think that's a correct mindset. But uh, just to share a small story with you, when we released, uh, when I worked with Stereos, all remember, and we we mm -hmm, mm -hmm. we produced a song Shine, which was a quite interesting project. Um, some people approached. Uh, either Stereo Sol or the producer, uh, our friend uh, Marios, I think, and they told them that, you know, if you want this song to really fly into the stratosphere of the musical uh, establishment, what you can do is you can pay that DJ or that agent some astronomical amount to play the song at peak hours every day on the radio, like, but I, I wasn't sure if we were going into that. I wasn't sure if we were allowed to go into that detail. <laughs> but yeah, we're allowed. We're that allowed. <laughs> so um, that of matters, course huh? there, of course there are things that we don't, you know, we're not, you know, saying to public and people don't know about. But uh, there are conversations behind, behind under the table and uh, behind the scenes. And of course, money plays a very big role in, in all this situation. I, I don't like it, but it does. But I think the correct way is what you said. I mean, if, even if you have the money, uh, it doesn't guarantee that you will be promoting good exactly. quality of music, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't guarantee that the people you are um, uh, talking with and that they are asking for money are going to do the right job to actually uh, give you the success you are paying for. It so you never know. It, it's, the music industry is a weird world that can be amazing at the same time and also very not amazing. <laughs> like demotivating. Sometimes it, it, it makes exactly. you disappointed it makes you feel if you're worth if you're worth what you think if if mm. do i really belong here do i really need to be making music mm. why do i still do it you know there's being a musician in general is a is a very hard thing in our days because nothing is sure even for big names nothing is sure nothing is easy anymore uh, people are actually struggling in the music industry and uh, you can tell because you, you don't see things happening anymore. You don't see a lot of good music, music coming out. You don't, uh, you know, it's, it's a bit weird right now. Uh, Alex, how is the creative process for you? You talked about writing music. 
Uh, how do you approach? Is it you? Do you stumble upon a melody that inspires you to turn it into a, a fully fledged song? How does the creative mm -hmm. process work for you? Have you th thought about any patterns? Do you start with lyrics, with music? Is so, it, yeah. How, how do you approach it? It, it again depends on, on the particular time of my life. Uh, mm. when, I was, when I was in uh, school, when I was uh, studying, I used to write every day. I, I, I used to write, like I have, I have maybe a thousand songs written that I wow. sung really? through, through in the trash. Some are still there sitting oh and God. waiting to be improved. <laughs> Uh, you know, it, it's the process of, of learning who you are as a songwriter. Mm. Um, that's when I started writing, actually. I, I pretended that I started writing in the past when I was in school, like uh, mm -hmm. in, uh, in Cyprus. But, you know, I don't consider myself as a, a songwriter back then. I started actually writing music when I went to college. Mm. And uh, through the process, I... I re I became who I am as a songwriter today, and I still uh, evolve and I still learn. There's always things to learn in music, uh, even as a vocalist, even as a songwriter, you always learn. And um, yeah, sometimes I start with the lyrics and I add the music on. Sometimes I get lyrics from other people and I write the music on. You know, it it depends on on the situation. I never. Uh, after after I moved from LA to New York, uh, I'll tell you why. <laughs> uh, after I moved from LA to New York, I stopped writing music. Um, you know, just to write music. I I started writing music only when I when an idea came to my mind and. I realized that, oh, I like this. I'm going to write it down. I'm going to make a, a song out of it. Uh, before that, I was intentionally, you know, writing music all the time because I wanted to to have a lot of, of uh, song por portfolio. Yeah. Um, uh, in Los Angeles, I, I wrote most of my songs that I am still releasing. I wrote them in Los Angeles because Los Angeles was... Um, a very big and, and different and, and weird experience for me. Um, I really enjoyed my time there, but I also um, had, you know, it, it was a time after I graduated uh, Berkeley, I went to Los Angeles. Los Angeles is a, is a very, is a world, it's the industry itself. Mm -hmm. So everything uh, you have Everyone Everything is there. Is there. So <laughs> you have to be the industry to be able to make it there. So I had to, you know, I it was it was very weird for me because uh, I jumped in the in deep water like immediately right after school. Um, so I got intimidated at times. I got very uh, unsafe at times. I felt. Uh, not worthy at times, so it gave me the opportunity to write some of my uh, most heartfelt songs at the time, and the the ones that I really uh, have in my heart and in my mind as as the songs that I love that I wrote. 
was uh, some because I, I was expressing my my sorry. The sometimes was it one of the songs that really that's such sometimes, a song. sometimes sometimes was a song. Sometimes, sometimes was a song that I actually wrote <laughs> for yeah. my life in Los Angeles because it was exactly exactly my feeling. If I if you read the lyrics, it explains exactly my everyday life. <laughs> Such a powerful song, and I mean, <laughs> thank you so without, much. Without being exposed to the American or the, the the Los Angeles life, I can hardly imagine you you have been inspired to write such a song. I mean, it's <laughs> certainly the product of uh, of the of your exposure there, right? And the, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. the emotional roller coaster that you were going through. Exactly, exactly that. It was an emotional roller coaster because you really enjoy being there. You really enjoy all the all that's happening there. I I also had the the um, I was lucky enough to have a manager back then that was. In the industry, he was very, you know, he knew everybody. He would arrange, uh, you know, uh, dinners and, and uh, meetings with famous people and with famous producers and superstars. And and it was this this life compared to also the life that I wanted to have and the music that I wanted to make and the music that I was forced uh, to to create. Mm -hmm. And I was, you know, it, it was I was a bit unbalanced inside my head back then so i was i was trying to put balance and to to find balance actually and and to put all my feelings into uh songs to be able to get out of it for for a while uh, you are a very picky in a good sense uh <laughs> performer i've sent you a couple of demos the only demo that really sparked sparked your attention was daisy can you tell me what was it about that song that sort of uh, attracted your attention and you thought, <laughs> compared to other things that you've listened to? I'm very curious. First of all, thank you very much for all the demos that you sent. <laughs> uh, it's my pleasure. You know it's my pleasure. Daisy, the, the first moment I heard Daisy, I liked it. Uh, and it's also one of my, of, the, of my favorite songs that I have released till now. Um, I remember you you sent me you know the demo with the piano and everything. It was very different from the one that I actually of um, course <laughs> uh, actually released. Uh, I don't know if you're happy you about that. You Alexized <laughs> it. You Alexized it. I Alexized it. <laughs> yes, um, but it's great. It's great. My wife loves it, it loves really, this version. My wife loves I'm glad. your version. I'm They're glad. Really <laughs> <laughs> uh, both versions are very good. Uh, it had this thing that I, I I really wanted at that time. Uh, it was happy, but also it had it was very emotional. And uh, because I'm I am this person, I'm very emotional as a person, and I I really like having all my feelings in in front of everyone and showing all my feelings in front of everyone. And I'm I cannot really hide anything. So I I really liked how Daisy could be very emotional and very happy at the same time and uh hopeful and, and hopeful i think and hopeful mm. so um it, it did something in my mind and and that's why i picked it it's crazy how how the stars aligned and we are having this podcast now because of <laughs> me sending you that demo i mean it's life is so unpredictable but it's uh, it is. 
in, in beautiful ways, I would say sometimes. Sometimes, mm -hmm. there it is again. <laughs> sometimes. <Yeah. laughs> okay, let me, and I'm very happy that we worked on Daisy and that we also shared the stage okay. together, which brings me to the last part of my, uh, of my questions. <laughs> this is me, the show that mm -hmm. you organized uh, and you produced with re really a great taste and great diligence. Uh, it was last year, was it? Last year? It was last year, yeah. In Paphos, and then after the success of the Paphos um, event, show, show uh, you, you also organized the show in Nicosia, where mm -hmm. I was very happy to have been invited by you to play yeah. um, Daisy together. What was the greatest uh, takeaway for you from that, um, from, that, from that experience. So um, this is me was was amazing. I, I it was uh, some it was a spotlight on my career. Uh, I'm really glad and I'm really happy that I have people working with me, uh, especially my manager Alex El Sabah. He's he he has been uh, working with me for a while now, for four years. And uh, all the credit should go to him, actually, <laughs> uh, for, for the shows that I'm doing, because he's the creator. I am just the singer. <laughs> so um, I have all the help I want, and I have all the, all the help I need from the people that are working with me and from the people that are around me. Um, and I'm, I'm very happy about this. Uh, so this is me was a creation of, of my, I, my idea and thought and, and Alex's, uh, creation. Uh, what I got from it is, uh, one of the biggest shows I did in my life, uh, with all the, you know, scenery and all the lights and the musicians on stage. And it was exactly as I pictured it and exactly as I, what I wanted it to be. Um, I, I, I really enjoyed being on stage. I really, I loved it. There, there's nothing else I can say about it. I, I really, really loved it. How proud are you when you're looking at these pictures of this incredible uh, event <laughs> and memory from one to 10? I'm, how I'm glad we had, I'm glad we had good photographers taking pictures of the show. <laughs> And videos. Uh, um, picture, a picture worth a thousand words, indeed. Yeah. Exactly. I'm really proud because I, I, as I've been told and as I've uh, witnessed, you know, after, a year after, uh, people told told me and t still tell me that shows like these never happen in Cyprus, and, and people don't yeah. pay a lot of attention on creating a show. They just do, you know, small things just to sing just to perform or just to make money out of it which is not a bad thing uh, but i i really care about creating something that will have and make an impact to the world and will have somebody think of uh what they have seen and what they have witnessed and what how good it was and how music can relate to them and how these kind of music and how these people on stage are giving you something to think about and something to feel about. 
how difficult is it to put together such a show? And how much time do you need? Maybe I need to ask Alex. The, uh, yeah, uh, you should ask <laughs> Alex about it. <laughs> uh, really? I know it's, it's difficult. It, it takes a lot of time to, to rehearse. <laughs> so you need to have a... I, I'm, I'm lucky enough to have a, a very good group of musicians with me. And um, it's, it's, it's really nice working with them. So spending a lot of hours in, in uh, rehearsal rooms and in studios is uh, a good thing. Uh, but you need a lot of rehearsals, at all, a lot of uh, cooperation and a lot of, um, uh, you know, there, there has to be a, a particular way of doing the work for such a project. It's, it's a really big show. You really need to <laughs> speak with Alex to tell you the exact process. Uh, but it, it takes time. It takes, I think we started planning this event, the This Is Me show, we started planning it at least three months before it happened. So it takes time with all the, you know, uh, the, everything, everything takes, takes time. I, I, one of the memories I have is when we, when we played Daisy, uh, and, I, and I began playing the intro on the piano, I was a bit uh, slower in my tempo <laughs> than you. And for a moment, for, for, a, for a, a split moment, we were uh, disengaged. And then the drummer very intelligently began playing the hat and he immediately mm -hmm. brought us back to order. And, like, and, and, and I felt like mm -hmm. these guys are really, really... Uh, professionals like they yeah they were trained well great. <laughs> good <kids. laughs> because I mean our own rehearsal come on it was like <laughs> it wasn't that significant <laughs> because I remember your team in the studio rehearsing again and again so I remember the pressure so you actually need to book studios for the rehearsals it's a whole yeah it's a whole deal preparing for the, it is a whole deal you have to book studios you have to get the permissions to to book the theater or the venue that you're doing the show. Uh, you have to book the venue a day before so you are able to uh, actually put all the, you know, scenery, all these things that you see in the background, they were mm. not, they were put by us there. I mean, I didn't have like a team with uh, 20 so you, people. You actually, you, you took care of everything, like the skinothesia, the- Alex did. <laughs> Alex did. Alex did. Wow. <laughs> I think Alex yeah, is, the, I, is the most valuable valuable player in this in this project. He is. He really is. He really was, is. Uh, and um, Eva, Eva, I think Eva came from Greece as well. Eva Chakra. Yeah. Eva is sending us Eva messages Chakra. actually. Let's say a couple is of she? messages. Yeah. Let, let's say a couple of messages. Let, let me close the. Can you the, see them? Because I'm, I'm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, no. I don't know how Here to work Eva. these things. We love Alex Ikonomu. Oh. It's not a biased comment. Oh. Hi, Eva. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Eva. From Athens, Natasha I love Eva. Yeah. I love Eva, too. Natasha Ikonomu, she's my cousin from Netherlands. Hi, from Netherlands. We have some other nice comments. Some emojis from Christina. Christina. They're all singers, by the way. Yeah. Stathi, Stathi. Stathi is a friend. Hello, Stathi. We love Hello, Alex, everyone. Anna Babagostidu. Yes, Anna. <laughs> Eleni Gonomu, let me take a guess. That's my mom. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Ariana, hi, Ariana. It's my wife, Daisy, of oh. course. 
And there we are. I think um, we came full circle. Let me, we are one hour and four minutes, Alex. I think we're wow. very punctual and professional. <laughs> uh, let me ask you if you would like to tell us a few things now about what you do, where we can find you. I know you're very busy with your coaching. I mean, like you're killing it with your one-on-one uh, -on -one <laughs> coaching, which is good from a Thank you so much. business viewpoint. But what are your next plans? I mean, do you plan? Okay, we have the COVID and these limitations. Mm. Do you, is there an, anything about the vicinity? Any new plans, so, shows, lives? I, I actually had a lot of planning, a lot of plans uh, for this time of the year, but because of the COVID situ situation, everything uh, has stopped. So um, it's, it's not stopped, actually, it's postponed. So I hopefully everything, every single one, of the ideas is gonna happen in the near future. Uh, of course, oh, hey, I lost you for a second. Of course, uh, shows, um, hopefully something will happen by the end of August. And um, hopefully something new uh, recording wise, um, a new song, maybe a new EP, something will happen soon. That sounds exciting. We, I look forward to staying in touch and seeing what's next for you. Um, I think we are brought to a wrap. We've covered a few interesting topics. Uh, yeah. thank, you for being, <laughs> thank, you. Thank, you for, thank you for coming to the show, Alex. Thank you so much for having me. It was great. It was fun. I, I really uh, wish you the best for this new uh, thing you started. It's, it's amazing. It's, it's a great idea. Keep on doing it. It's also a child of COVID. You know, it's <laughs> came out of the COVID, uh, the lockdown. So some good things came out of the situation. Of course, a lot of good things came out. And I really hope you to continue creating amazing music and so uh, keeping the quality where it is supposed to be. Alex, thank you. Thanks thank you so to our viewers as well. Thank you for watching. And we will be back with the next episode soon. Take care. Bye, Alex. Ciao. Bye-bye.